watch the glory of God hit the least expected we're going to see God turn the table of glory in this earth we're about to see revival come from Samson's who would have ever thought that Kanye West would be talking about Jesus Justin Berber start talking about I just tell you next thing we know Howard Stearns is going to be preaching on righteousness this thing is going to shift I am speaking this this is what I heard God said I'm going to take the religious the rebellious bring them into repentance and use them refresh them but use them for revival to bring the restoration of the kingdom there are going to be Nebuchadnezzars that look like they lose their mind when they made an idol, but come up and say, worship him. He's the only true God. God is working in the nations right now like never before. More of the church is praying around the earth than ever before. And I say this, his glory is shaking this earth. And I just want to give a prophetic, while I'm in this mode, I'm going to give a word to this church. The Lord said, and this is what I heard the Lord say, and I heard the Lord say, I gave you land 22 years ago. But within two years, you'll have it. But I gave it to you 22 years ago. Now that's a mystery to me. But you're about to walk into a mystery. Amen. Do you know what the mysteries of Christ are? It's what our mind can't comprehend, but his genius planned. So, Father, I thank you that this church is about to walk into a mystery of miracles, a mystery of the supernatural. And I heard this God say, I'm giving you a place and a space for what I'm about to do in this next season. Get ready to lift up your eyes and see that you are going to possess not only your promised land, but the promises over this land. And the Lord says, I'm even going to call seeds in Leesburg to fall in Washington, D.C. that affects this nation. I'm causing seeds of leadership from Leesburg to fall into this nation that will affect the world. The Lord said, watch my hand move, for I have ordained that this is a time. And I just saw this. I saw the heartbeat coming out of this church. And God said, I'm putting my heart into your heart. I'm putting my thoughts into your thoughts. I'm putting my ways into your steps and be amazed what I do in this next season, saith the Lord. Let's give him a shout right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, just, uh, just be seated a moment. I want to ask, I want to ask, uh, I really felt to do this to the Lord and I, and Pastor uh, Clay, I always say Pastor, but Clay, I want to, if somebody tapes this, I really felt like the Lord said that I was supposed to do this this morning and uh you just stand up yes and uh your wife is up there okay yeah yeah okay up wow okay you married judah hallelujah so why don't you come on down here a minute if please and uh my mind is how many of you know that we're carried by the spirit and we don't know which way the wind blows but how many of you know if you have a kite you can keep up but what I really felt was this, that this really affects you, but it's also uh, the church. I really felt that when I was, uh, I did some things with the leadership, but I really felt in my heart that there was another dimension. And uh, 
as I was just really waiting on the Lord coming in today, I said, Lord, what is it you have for me? And the Lord said uh, that he wants to, you're going to be apostolic to this church. But I, I just looked at you and God said, you need to mantle him as a prophet to the body of Christ. That your voice is going to release growth, revival, explosion. And you prophesy, and I've seen you when you came over our way, you prophesy now and then. But what I really felt God said, there was going to be a full commissioning as a prophet to the body of Christ. And that there was going to come another glory. So I like to do this. And how many know they're one? And as I put this over you, like Elijah put it over Elisha, I just say this, unusual anointings, pictures, words that actually break uh, ministries free. God said, I'm even going to give you words that shift nations. I'm going to give you words that literally uh, uh, bring life to where there's death. I will give you dreams and visions. And the Lord said, you're going to be honored as a prophet out of this house. And the Lord said, you'll prophesy now and then here, but outside it'll be like a river. And the Lord said, is he a prophet? Is he among the prophets? And God said, yes, you are a prophet in the nations. And Lord, I release that in Jesus' name. Now, the other day, uh, I want to say this to you. I'm a pastor in my church, so I bring the meat and potatoes, and I invite prophets in to do what I do for you. None of us are good enough to do for others, I mean, to have to do for ourselves what we do for others. You always need, I don't care how good of a prophet you are, you need another prophet. In my church, my main goal is a pastor. I have to kick myself to prophesy now and then. Because that's not my purpose there. Are you with me? How many of you cook? I mean, really good. You Like, you know, really good chef. Have, okay. How many of you know when you step in a restaurant, you don't think about cooking? That's what I'm telling you. You, I know that spirit. Some people want to, how many of you ever wanted to run the kitchen as you saw it? Wait, no, anyway, forget it. But what I'm saying is I'm making a point. No matter how good you are, when you step into another realm, you expect you went from being the chef to the connoisseur. And so, Lord, I thank you for that anointing right now in Jesus' name. And I feel this. This is going to be an alignment. And I felt this for you, uh, Jen, right? I, I got that. My mind is, when I get out in the spirit, I have to come back. Jen, I really felt like I saw you, there, that God is actually going to give you songs that go around the world that are of the spirit. I release a prophetic songwriting. I thank you for the anointing to come over her, that she's going to bend the bow of Judah. And Lord, in it, she's, the songs are going to be revelation that actually when people sing it, they get smarter. Do you know there's worship songs you can sing and get stupider? It's a truth. There are songs that actually are not biblically based, but they're really catchy tunes. Help us, Jesus. And I have none in mind. I'm just saying it's true. There are sermons that are not as anointed. I've sponsored several. 
So, Lord, I just thank you for the anointing. I thank you for truth. I thank you for revelation. And I thank you this is going to be a time of, I just felt like I saw something busting up through the ground and it looked like buildings to me. Father, I thank you that growth comes in Jesus' name for the glory of God. Amen. Now, this is uh, uh, interesting. As I just want to, you may be seated for a minute. And I'm going to take my coat back. It doesn't fit you anyway. In the, in the spirit, it does. I was talking. I, just, I guess we're just talking. We'll just go. Yesterday at the leaders meeting, I said, what happened at 11? He said, at 11 years old, I, I ran in. I said, 1993. He said, 11. Yeah, about 11 or something. He ran in from the, the children. He said, I have a word. And he gave it to his father. And when he shared it, the people fell under the anointing. And the interesting thing is about 22 is, 22 is, Isaiah 22 is a door that God opens. And it's also a door no man can shut. I want to say this is I could preach you a sermon, but I'd rather give you a prophetic revelation and then minister prophetically to you. He'll preach it after I leave. He'll take all the things and explain what I said. I'm not the pastor today. That's your job to finish after I leave. Okay, hallelujah. Seriously. So this is the part you need to know what part you play and what part of life you're in because you don't want to be doing what you were called to do in the last season you want to be in sync with the seasons what I find is that there's a thought and I want to I can read it quote it it's out of second Samuel I was talking about it no the other one if you just open it up but it says this and I want to start off on this part it talks about and David perceived that God has established him as king over Israel for the sake of the people do you know what God has established you over? Because everybody's over something. First of all, you're over your own life. And I always say, if you can't run some, your own life, the second best option is running somebody else's. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, yeah. How many of you ever had people try to tell you what you, they what you should do, and they're a failure, think, well, at least I know what I shouldn't do. Yeah. See, now, whenever you get a place of victory, share it. Wherever you've lost, encourage people not to do that. Failure is not a shame issue unless you quit. Actually, only secure people can actually handle failure. And go to the better. Thomas Edison found out over 900 ways how not to make a light bulb. Before he found it, you know what I like? He didn't quit. But he used every failure to flip on a switch that you enjoy today. Most people, see, inventive people can handle failure because they see it as part of the process. People that aren't filled with the spirit or inventive, they see it as an indictment on their identity. What I did's not a failure. I'm a failure. Would you please be confident enough to know the difference between what you do and who you are? 
You're living not to please the Father and to get his pleasure, even though you will. You're living out of his pleasure to please him. Out of his pleasure you live. I'm still trying to please him, but I'm living from his pleasure. Does that make sense to you? Now, what happens is, uh, and, and I want you to understand, I, w I did not get this level of confidence without crawling through some knotholes backwards and actually doing some things wrong. Uh, there's nobody who succeeded who doesn't have a failure in their past financially. You hear what I'm saying? And, and in this, the last thing I want to just say this to you, please don't live so safe that even God gets bored. And the devil feels unchallenged. Like, I want to challenge you to live dangerous in God, to love more than you should, to believe for people that don't even believe, to pray for people who don't know if God's real. Let, you, let your life be the changing factor. I remember I witnessed to this one couple, this was years ago, they weren't listening to a word I said. They were living together. And I just sort of, out of a little bit of frustration, I was like, this isn't working. And I just looked at him and said, God's going to give you a dream and prove to you he's real. And I walked away and said, was that me? I mean, I said it nice, but inside there was this. And, and two years later, they showed up in my church and said, you don't remember us. Two weeks after you said it, it came to pass. And God gave us a dream and we've given our lives to God. Don't play fair, play anointed. <laughs> you know, you think, well, they're not receiving it. So, no, play anointed. Go beyond that realm. What I'm saying to you is you have more ability to do, to move in the spirit, but you have to lock yourself into a place that you say, God, I want more, and I'm, I'm worshiping you, I'm expecting more. Now I'm going to step out of my boat. I mean, why stay in a boat that's sinking with the other 11 doubters? You'll never walk on water with a hallelujah course behind you, smooth waters in front of you. You'll walk in a storm only on waters. Water walking is only for storms. How many feel a little bit better about your storm? If you can see Jesus in the midst of your storm, you can walk on water. But you know what's interesting? I always think about Peter. He's walking on water. And he starts to think. Bad, bad. When you're in the miraculous realm, the last thing you want to do is think. Your mind is actually at enmity with the miracle you're walking in. That gray space between your ears, it's crazy. You're talking yourself out of a miracle you're walking in. If I'd have been Jesus, I would have grabbed Peter and drug him back through the water with his head above it, like... Just... Come on. Some of you would have done it too. I'm so tired of you, Peter. You big mouth. You walked on water and you doubted. In the middle of a miracle... And I'm supposed to put the church, your first sermon is supposed to build the church, man. 
up and down. How many feel a little bit better about your life? But what I want to say to you is, as soon as the hand of Jesus touched Peter, he started walking again. What I want to say, there's one level of walking on the storm because of your faith. There's another level of walking because his presence is with you. And you know, it's interesting to me, the storm didn't stop until he got in the boat. You know what I believe in my heart? I believe the fear in the disciples that were in the boat that was sinking was keeping the storm going and their fear didn't stop until he got in the boat. And when their fear stopped, the storm stopped. Sometimes we are sponsoring the storm with our fear. The very fear, the very storm we want to end, we're sponsoring with our fear. Okay, let's change subjects. That didn't go over too good. Okay. <laughs> I, know, I know you're thinking. I know you're with me. I'm just having fun. So I want to ask a question because we, I have not done this before. You're the first church I've done this in. And so um, as I told people the other day, uh, if you think I don't know what I'm doing, you're, you're right. I just know who I'm following. If I knew what I was doing, it would not be prophecy. It'd be rigged. <laughs> Come on, you can't have it both ways. Okay, this is, I was, I was, I was praying in, my, uh, in this nice place, and I just heard the name Sue. And I, I mean, I've been asking God to give me names, and I said, Sue, now that's such an ordinary name. So first of all, I just have to ask this, because I'm going to go for the easy one. Is there any Sue's? Just raise your hand if you're a Sue. Raise your hand. There's not even one Sue in the place. Say so, Sue. Okay, now, this is what I heard the second name, which I don't know. Like, yesterday, somebody knew this person. But I heard the word, I heard the name Mayor. What's Sue Mayor? Does anybody know a Sue Mayor? Is somebody Sue a mayor? What's over there? I'll take that. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now, now when I get a word like that, what town do they live? What town are they in? Do you know? Newcastle. That's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, and I'm going to give her. I just want to. I just want to say this first of all because. I've just told the Lord, whatever you give me, I'll give. And if I, don't, if I don't obey him, the rest of the service does not go good. I could tell you about some of them stories. <laughs> Preaching while I'm arguing with God. Okay. So what, would you just stand up, please, that way I can see you? Both you, and that's your wife, right? Okay. So first of all, I want to just give this word. And if you have your iPhone, if you record this, you can send it. I just want to say this to... Sue Mayer. How do you spell her last name? Is it M-I-M-A-I-E-R or something like that? Y-E-R. Okay, whatever. Okay, and Sue Mayer. Okay, first of all, I felt like God said he's refreshing you with his anointing. And I felt something coming out of the left 
like a left door. I don't know what this means, but I felt like you were in a place and to your left, somebody walked through the door and it was going to be like a gift from heaven. I feel there's something with a restored relationship, but where you're sitting the table, when they walk in, it'll be to your left. Watch the hand of God move. He's moving because you've believed, you've prayed. What's your first name? Yes, Bill and... Bill and Beth. Okay, Bill, I just felt like this. This is going to be the time you take your hand over a table. You're going to smooth out the, it's like smoothing out a table, like somebody's coming to your house, like you're hosting an important meeting. And God said, spread the table of my presence in the middle of the table of the invitation. The Lord said, this is going to be a God thing. It's going to be a God meeting. And I felt like this, uh, uh, you know, um, I don't know why it comes like this. I felt there's a difference between cooking the books and having vision financially. And God said, but my presence is going to bring together a financial portfolio in a powerful way for you. Because his presence is there. I have no idea what I'm prophesying. I'm just being obedient. Okay. I'm just trying to live between him and me. I really don't care what any of you think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's the truth. It's the truth. And I heard the Lord say, daughter, this is going to be a time. I felt like I saw you put the old proverbial quarter in the jukebox. And you looked at him and said, they're playing our song. And all of a sudden, God said, the love the two of you have is going to transfer to many couples. I'm causing you to even be a safe place of counseling. And the Lord said, when you play your song, other people find theirs. And I just felt this. I also felt that your foot was stepping on a welcome mat and, and the other side, it looked like real estate. I don't know what's going on with real estate, but I just see real estate around you. What do you do? Okay. Yeah, but I, saw, but I saw real estate. So, Father, we just released that anointing. And I just felt like this. Watch dreams take you into the next shift. I felt there was something that needed to shift. And I also felt, uh, just, I just want to say this out of, just out of my faith. I feel like God wants to give you a government contract. So whatever. Okay. So, you know, let, let me just tell you what happened to me one time. That I was in a, I, I, I was preaching about the difference between Christians and Muslims. And this one guy uh, I made a remark. I said, you know, about martyrdom and jihad, just the difference. This guy stands up and he says, that's not true. I'm a Muslim. I thought, well, what do I do? I said, God, do I talk to him now? Or end of the service, he said, to, wait till the end of the service. I said, sir, would you just sit down and I'll talk to you after it's over. So he comes up to the, he's walking to the front. He's 20 some years old. And I said, God, the last thing I feel, I've ministered, I, I don't want to argue with a Muslim. Give me something about his life. You're not at the mercy of somebody's opinion when you have the anointing. And so I, the Lord just showed me, 19 years old, car flipped over, he almost died. I said, uh, I said let me ask you a question. Were you, when you were 19 years old, and, and the reason I got the word was I didn't want to argue. And I said, God, give me something. I'm trying to teach you how to get more from the Father. You ever get frustrated enough you don't want to go down that road again? Then ask him for a different road. You have not because you... 
Sometimes you have to get frustrated enough to change horses. You beat that one to death and now you're carrying it. Why don't you get on something that's living? Okay. Okay, so, so anyway, <laughs> we're having fun yet? Okay. This is actually the sermon for those of you who are waiting for it. This is actually the sermon. Okay, so, so what happens is, he said, yeah. He said, when I was 19 years old, uh, my friend was driving a car. We flipped it over. It was so smashed, I crawled out the window. I could barely get out, and, and there was not a scratch on me. And when they came, they could not believe I was in that car because my friend was dead, crushed. They said, you did not come out of that car. He said, yes. He said, they couldn't believe it. So I looked at him and said, do you think I'm that smart? Or do you think there's a God that's living that knows more about you than you know about him? If he knows that much about you, you ought to know something about him. Are, are you getting where I'm coming from? You're not, we, I want you to say this, we're the anointed. anointed. We have the gifts of the Spirit. Spirit. Do you know what those gifts of the Spirit literally are? Now, don't try to make a theology. Literally, it's the the ability of God on loan to a believer. It's the gifts of His Spirit, not actually your talent. And so when you start moving in his gifts, God's stuff starts happening. When I move in my talent, you're limited to Dale. Oh, oh, yeah. I, 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 this was, this, so let me, while I'm in between, I want to minister to some people. And this, this young man right here, what, what's your name? Jordan. Jordan. Are, are, are you, this is family, married, or? Girlfriend, okay. Okay, so now I never prophesy about, uh, about weddings. No, March. Anyway, forget it. Okay. <laughs> How many of you know you just have to have fun? Okay, Jordan, one, I've actually joked and been right. I'll have to tell you about that one too. Anyway, so Jordan, what I saw, uh, you must be family or something. From, are you, you're not from here. Where are you from? Manchester. Manchester, England. Okay, I recognize that accent a little bit. So, Jordan, what I felt was this is going to be the season. I don't know why I saw you like at 32. I'm assuming you're a little bit younger. Okay, where are you at? 29. I feel this. The next three years is a resurrection of a vision. This is going to be a time that God starts stamping your heart. I felt like this. I don't know what you do, but I felt like I saw all of these plans for a building. And you know when they put that crimp it, it's sealed? I feel like there's something you've been planning. God's about to put his seal on, and it's going to even come through approval of man as well as God. But this is about time uh, that you're going to be, I don't know why, I just felt this. There's an international anointing on you for business, but also God is putting the breath of his spirit in you as a prophet. Have you prophesied much? Come here a minute. Come on up here a minute. Now, this is a part I like to do. I like to have daring faith. You've not prophesied before? I was raised Mennonite. We didn't even know they existed. So, Lord, this is going to be an experiment. He hasn't done nothing. 
Lord, I'm believing him to do everything in you. I release the anointing of the prophetic to rest on his life. I release him to, Lord, start having dreams, visions, and anointing. This is the number one qualification. Are you passionate for Jesus? Well, then you got it. What I feel, and don't try to be like somebody else. Just be who God's made you. Find your own river. Swim in it. Navigate it. Words of knowledge are going to come. They're like whispers. I'm talking to all of you right now. They'll come like whispers. You'll think it's your own thought. Before you had the Holy Spirit, you never thought those things. Don't be stupid. It's not you. All of you. You know, I'm just, can I teach while I'm prophesying? Some of you say, I want to pray for someone to be healed. I wonder if it's me or if it's God. Before you were saved, did you want to pray for anybody to be healed? No. It was never you. Why get such stupid questions? Okay. Now, this is, I'm going to tell you something. This, people, forgiveness takes away all of our sin and shame. Obedience brings on the anointing. The body of Christ, we've gotten the grace for no shame, but we have to move in obedience for the glory of heaven. Does that make sense to you? Both are important. So, Lord, I release the holy anointing, the presence of God. I thank you that, Lord, as he sets apart. Have you had a desire to do international business? Yes. To some degree, yes. Yeah. Well, I release a big yes. I'm, and I'm doing this prophetically. I'm shaking the desire loose in your heart. You're not going to be afraid to fail. And don't you stop if one doesn't work. Because I really believe God wants you to be a millionaire. Will you receive that? Sure. Okay. Now, I've, now I've, I've had some people say no and I had to give it to somebody else. But anyway, Lord, let it happen in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something. There's a blessing over your life. There's a blessing over your life. So anyway, okay. Now, now, when I minister to one person, some of you can start claiming some of the anointing. You know why? How many of you have ever said, only be strong and courageous? You've claimed that. Do you know you're stealing Joshua's personal prophetic word? Do you know why God was telling him only to be strong and courageous? Because he wasn't. See, I always thought Joshua was the guy. Listen, Joshua, stand up here. Joshua is a guy, and would you stand up over here a minute? Who's fighting the enemy like you're coming with swords, put like you have swords. If you're having a sword fight, Joshua would fight within the area that the guy he's going to kill, he can smell his breath. He is in the zone of death. He is a warrior fearless. Now, the only time he got a little bit nervous, stand over here, stand up, and just hold your Bible or, yeah, is he's looking up, and when Moses' hands are up, he is, he is winning, and when Moses' hands come down, he's losing, and he's like, somebody get Moses' hands up. <laughs> come on now. But this guy is fighting in the battle face-to-face -face with the enemy. What would make him be afraid? Because he knew how to take on the enemy. 
He wasn't sure how to deal with God's people when they rebel against Moses. And he said, I'll fight the enemy because I know I can take them out. But I don't know how I'm going to deal with God's people when they come against me because if they came against Moses, who came down with the glory, this may not be a good ride. I'm scared. You can be a warrior in one level, be, be afraid of the next challenge because it's a different game. Don't you ever stop being a warrior. You step into everything God has for you. You get over that fear of how you've seen somebody else get treated. Because the devil will show you your future on somebody else that failed and then try to put a spirit on you. You might look at somebody, if the, if the Lord has called, you, you, you can set these, clap for these underpaid actors if they sit down. Okay, now, do you understand what I'm just talking about here in this realm? We have to get an attitude of confidence if we're going to display his glory. In it, if you don't really know who you are to the Lord, you don't really know what your assignment is. And, and if you think about this for a minute, God really wants to give you a more of a daring faith to be an original. Um, in the problem we have in this society is we want to be knockoffs of what's successful. They actually follow this, and it's, it's okay. But you remember when Billy Graham used to preach? He had this thing. He'd roll back the edge of his Bible and hold it in his hand. And they noticed... Everywhere he preached, the pastor started grabbing their Bible, rolling it back. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but something's not right. You might have to imitate the way somebody does it till you find your own river. But in the end, you need to be an original because if not, what's the difference? Aren't you glad that not every hamburger place is McDonald's? That they have a different name, but they give you the same buns and the same food. You say, what, what's going on here? Well, we know people really like McDonald's, so we just thought we'd put up a different sign, but serve McDonald's. Do you know what they say about McDonald's? I hope I don't get sued for this. They actually did a survey that what they found with people, and this is sad, they would rather go to McDonald's knowing it's going to be a burger that's a little bit below average than go to a place where the burgers are excellent and, a, and they're not as good as they expected. Even though it's loads better than McDonald's, people don't want to be disappointed. That's actually a survey of marketing. Isn't that a sad commentary on life? Now, I'm not trying to put, I thank God for McDonald's because a lot of times when I get done preaching, they're the only place left open. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ronald is awake. But, but the deal is this. All right, all right. <laughs> Let's not be a McDonald's church of low expectation. Let's actually have enough expectation if God doesn't really show up in a way we actually could be disappointed and next Sunday we go a little bit harder. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Would you start leaning more into his anointing 
And this is the truth. You can have more than what you have. And it's his delight to give it to you. I, I, I just felt like um, there was something I was doing there. Let's go back. I want to just talk a minute about this. The, the crown was resting on David's head, and he didn't yet perceive he was king. The reason being is when David, everything David had, and we wrote books on this, and they're in the back. We have, uh, and David perceived he was king. How many of you have read that book? Okay, this is, if uh, this book will change your life, we have some left. We don't have a whole lot left. But if it doesn't change your life, I'll give you your money back. I'm serious. It changed my life to write it. It changed me. I wasn't even going to write that book. I was writing a book on Samuel, the prophetic, to get on Sid Roth. How many know God is Jehovah Sneaky? He'll start you in one thing to get you to do that. And you say, well, I'll do this. And they said, yeah, well, now that you said yes, I'm actually making a right turn. Well, what about what I was doing? We'll talk about that later. And actually, five years later, I'm getting ready to write that prophetic book to be on Sid Roth. Now, God and his calendar and mine weren't together. But how many know his calendar is better? So, so don't ever quit on a vision because you have a different calendar. I, I really felt like when I said that, I just looked right at this uh, woman right here. What's your name? Yeah. Tanisha. I just felt like this. You... You're about, to, you're about to switch from your calendar to God's calendar. And something that looks like has been a no actually just is on a different calendar. And I felt like God said, this is going to be the time, my daughter, that what you have believed is about to come to pass. You're going to see the power of God move in time and season for you. And I don't know why, but I felt like I saw this big door open up like you were stepping into a hospital. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you favor it's like you get favor, and I don't know why, but I, uh, I don't know if the hospital is a literal place of employment. Do you do, what, do stuff with medicine? No, I work with children. You work with children? Okay. But when, when, when you step through this door, it felt like a hospital. I felt like God said, I'm giving you favor at the front desk. Now, I don't, when I prophesy this, I don't know always what it means. What does front desk mean to you? You went from an office to a front desk. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, okay. Now, now I'm going to tell you something. It's a mystery. Now, this is a part. I feel there's something I don't know. I feel like you're going to be going through a hospital door. Something very significant is going to happen to your life. I don't know if you're going for somebody else to meet someone, to pray for someone, or taking one of the children or something. But there's something very significant. Just keep your eyes open in the spirit when that happens, okay? There's an anointing on you, and so, Lord, we release it. Now, in this, I want you to understand, okay, that we have choices. I could, I could choose today to give you a sermon that I preach. It's really good, or I could choose to do this. Everybody say, I have choices. I have choices. What you choose affects other people. And what I'm trying to get at is you can choose more of God and you can start choosing to break out of your comfort zone. Ten years ago, I could not do what I'm doing because I had to preach a good enough sermon to make sure you all liked me. I was mostly healed. And today, 
I'm, I'm healed enough. I'm not totally healed. I won't be totally healed till I go to Jesus. Every once in a while, God will show me something that's left in my life I need to get rid of that was not the, the biggest thing, but sometimes very interfering with the anointing and my call. Does that make sense to you? You know, so, so there was something the Lord brought up to me, and I just want to bring this. How many of you ever struggle with feeling hopeless in situations that you could change things? And I felt, you know, and I, uh, I never really saw myself as a leader, but everybody around me did. And I think part of it was my father was such a strong leader. Uh, he also had anger issues. And so, uh, and I sort of backed off because... I sort of associated anger and leadership together, if that makes sense to you. And uh, how many of you know, if you're into counseling, only one person has right to be angry in the house. Otherwise, it's World War III. So if one person is very angry and dominant, the other person has to be docile. So I was a peacemaker. On top of that, I was Mennonite. We can almost make peace with the devil. And we were good, I'm telling you. <laughs> And so in it, in this whole thing, as I started moving forward where I came into conflict, first of all, with my own identity, second of all, with demonic realms, then third of all, with God himself. You say, okay, my, what did I say, me first? I want you to say this, I don't see myself doing it. But God does. So I should see it. If you can't see it, you can't do it. I've actually had dreams where in the dream I did what I was battling to do. And when I woke up, I actually had the faith to do it. Sometimes God has to dream you past your mindset. Also, so right now in the name of Jesus, just put, if you just put your hand over your heart. I break off any nightmares of failure, reoccurring dreams of hopelessness. I break and shatter the anointing of the, the devil that has tried to capture your future. I break off any, any, any fear-based dreams that actually make you afraid to live. And I release the dreams of heaven, the adventures of God, that you'll dream victories, you'll dream what God is thinking, and it becomes a release to your spirit, man. Now, I'm going to tell you, first of all, why God wants to touch your spirit, man because it's the least confused part of your body. Between your ears, it looks like a traffic jam to him. It's like honk, honk, get in, honk, honk, but your spirit is open. So when you minister to people, don't talk to them in their mind, touch them in their spirit. Why? It's the greatest place of access. You have. Their mind is a mess. Most Christians are still getting restored. Are you with me? Why step into the mud? Step into the place because everybody in their spirit, I believe this, have his encounters with God. I remember one man, he said, I was sitting there drinking in a bar and God spoke to me. I just thought God showed up at church. I didn't know he went to bars. Are you with me? Think about what God does. People have dreams. If you went to an average person and said, do you believe in God? No. Okay, that's good. You're the one I want to talk to. 
Have you ever had a dream and it came to pass? Have you ever had where you felt God spoke to you? Oh, yeah. But you told me you don't believe him. No. I'm telling you. People hear God and have more God encounters than what they will admit on a Christian format. Are you with me? And if not, say, would you let me pray for you that, God, that you would hear God's voice? Say, well, I don't believe in it. You don't have to. I do, so it'll happen. You have to be that cocky. In a sense, that... How many of you know? Let me just... Josh, stand up. I'm a football coach, and this is a game. It's the last play. We're 20 yards out. We only have one play. The clock stops. If we make it, we win. If we don't, we lose. So Josh is my halfback, and I'm, I'm the coach. Hey, Josh, I'm going to get ready to put you in. Remember that play? We did that. Remember that play? I want you to do that. Go in and tell the quarterback you're going to run it, and you're going to get the touchdown. You say, I don't, think I, can. I don't think I can do that. Okay, right now this coach has a problem. I cannot put him in if he doesn't think he can do it. Because he'll fulfill what he believes. Josh, you remember five games ago, you were 30 yards out. And you ran, the play broke. But you looked for the blockers, you ran back, and we won that game off of you. Do you remember that? Yes. If you did it then, you can do it again. Okay. I am not putting him in till he agrees that he can do it. I'm not a stupid coach. Because until he says I can do it, I will not give him the ball. There are things God will not give you that he knows you can do until you say, I can do this. I got this. Everybody say, I got this. I got this. Because he got me. Because he got me. I'm, running in his victory I'm running in his victory and not in mine. Now, if Jesus, you can sit down, Josh, thank you. You're sitting there. If you sit on the front, you get used. You'll be on tape. You'll be worldwide famous. Okay, that's at least whatever. Okay, so what I, what, let me get back to my point. So in this, until you really believe that God is interactive with your faith, you'll never take chances. I'm going to say it slower. Until you believe God is interactive with your being, your faith, and actually who you are, like David, you believe that if Goliath beats you, David, God lost, not you. That you're so one with him, your reputation and his are one. Now, getting to that place of oneness requires a life of worship, a life of obedience, a life of humility. But that's where the church is going to go. Do you know, and I say this to people, that the church has to come into an identity shift so we see ourselves, in a sense, as a bride without spot or wrinkle. In the Bible, God said you cannot marry unequal. You cannot be unequally yoked. And God the Father will not let Jesus marry down, even for the church. Jesus is going to marry something that looks like him with his glory and his anointing. All we need is about nine months of Esther treatments. Do you, are you getting what I'm saying? 
and we start looking pretty good. Some of you don't even know yourself after the spirit. All you know is that you know yourself after the flesh. You need to start realizing that the greater one lives in you to do something greater than what you thought. Everybody say, greater than what I thought. But what he's always known. So you ought to get into what he knows instead of what you think. Does that help you? So I actually, uh, this was, uh, some of you don't know, but my first wife passed away of cancer. This is a story back from her when I was just growing in the prophetic. And I was learning to trust God. And so uh, one, I, this, this plane went sideways uh, in an airport we were flying to. And so our airplane was running out of gas as it was circling, trying to make it to Atlanta. So they, what they did, they, they landed our plane in another airport, and they said, nobody can leave the airplane, but you can get up and stand up. And, and this was one of the few flights that somehow, through the storm and all the, the thunder and the lightning, it was really terrible, they shoved us on another plane, canceled another one, so we were split. So she was sitting between this guy who was a Buddhist, retired American Navy pilot, I didn't know this, and this other guy who was the atheist. And she was witnessing to the, to the Buddhist, and the atheist kept putting her down. Like, ah, oh, that ain't true, that ain't a God. And, but the, the Buddhist was, he was the highest level Buddhist American. He was at the fourth level. And so I walk up, I don't know anything, and she said, hey, this is guy, he's, he's, he's Buddhist, I think, and she didn't say the other guy's a pain in the neck and an atheist, but that she told me later. So I just looked at him, and I thought, I only got a couple minutes. I just looked at him, and I saw him running. And I said, do, do you run, like, long-distance marathons? And he, he opened up his coat and had a 5K on it. He was still running. I said, well, you know, you're a Buddhist. Tell me something about me. He said, well, I can't do that. I said, I know your God's dead. I, I, I expected that. <laughs> I thought we should just be straight up. And then the atheist looks at me and he says, well, tell me something about me. I said, well, why not? <laughs> Listen, some of you are afraid you're going to mess people up. If you walk in love, you'll be okay. And everything is an upgrade from hell. Okay? Let's just get realistic. I'm so afraid I'm going to mess them up. The devil already has. Anything you do is better. If you love them... Listen, if you love them, even if you miss it, they know you love them. Don't ever try to turn a trick. Don't make your ministry turning tricks. You're touching people with the heart of God. So while, while I'm doing this, before I ever minister to somebody, I will say, Lord, give me your love for that person before I start because I want that to be the overriding anointing, not the information. Okay, I'm trying to help all of you be ministers of his spirit. Because if you love people the way he does, he'll give you information. But if you just want to expose their darkness, he's not really interested. Are you with me? So, so in it, I said, well, why not? And I, all I saw, it came to me like a picture. I get pictures. And I saw this backbone out of line. And I said, and so it's always important to, to tell what you see. I see the backbone out of line. I feel there's something maybe in your family that's out of joint. He said, my family's fine. He said, actually, I have a back problem. How many of you know we're not always the brightest light on the street or the sharpest <laughs> knife in the drawer? 
But we can catch up. I've had people, I've given words to people, and I said, is it this, this? He said, no, but everything he said is true, and it means this, this, and this. And I said, God, why did I think it was this, this, and this? He said, that's the only way I could get you to prophesy this, this, and this. I had to make you think it was this so you'd prophesy that. Does that make sense? Okay. It doesn't to me, but I'm glad you get it. Okay. Now, if you will only prophesy what you know, you'll be very limited. But if you'll prophesy what he shows you, you're unlimited. Okay, does that make sense? And also, I'm stepping in faith. So what I, I said, he said, uh, he said, well, my back's out of alignment. And I just said, well, you know, can I pray for you? And this atheist bowed his head while I laid my hands on his back, and I prayed in Jesus' name. As soon as I got done, the bell rang, plane leaving. And as I looked at the man, he's going like this. Rubbing his back with his jaw open. That's good enough for me. Okay? Now, don't we serve a mighty God? Now, this is the thing. Will you start showing him as mighty? Because you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and step into the realm of the Spirit. You're going to have to step into loving the world. Do you know why we don't love the world? Because we love the things in the world. But if we actually love the world... We'll see something happen phenomenal. I want to say this. You need to love the body of Christ. You need to love the local church. Because this is where we actually get fit together. And we also build a place. I don't care how much I'm a worshiper. I could never worship without them up here. And actually, the worship wouldn't have been as good if this place wasn't filled with worshipers. It's not just the worship team. It's all of us worshiping him. And I'm always, always be a part of the team. And you know what people say, I don't want to go to church. I got hurt in church. I got hurt on football team. I got offended in a restaurant. You know, I still go back to restaurants. Get over it. You got offended at work. You still show up. I mean, have, how many of you ever been offended at work? Okay. But see, I got offended at church. Well, maybe you have too many fences. Okay. I feel the anointing coming on. You know, you know what is really interesting is you could actually, I don't have time, but I can lay something out and I'll show you how anointed you can be and actually out of sync with God. It's amazing. But what happens if our hearts are in sync with him, we have a love for his church, a love for his people. I want to, as I'm going around the corner and ending, because it is now officially 1130, everything now from now on is actually you putting up with me for maybe 10 more minutes. Will you give me 10 more minutes just to minister? Okay, okay. So this is what I want to say is this. Some of you, I just saw God putting light in your eyes. And I'm going to say this, and you're going to start recognizing dark areas in your eyes that affected and actually have stolen your ability to see what God has for you. So I'm going to just pray this, and I want to prophesy it as a declaration. 
And I say, no more dark spots in your eyes. The light of God is coming in. You're going to see him. You're going to see what he's doing. And you're going to participate with it. Some of you are about to have some miracles that are off the chart. Because you see what God's doing. You step in it. And then he steps in. And the Lord said, there's coming light in the eyes of my people. And it's going to be revelation that brings a revolution of his presence. And the Lord said, I even saw this. The Lord said, some of you carry such anointing. When you go by people, actually demons will fall off of them. And they'll actually scream because they feel, what? What was that? And it's the glory of God. How many of you believe that? I just release it right now. The glory of God to be so strong that when your presence comes around them, the demonic activity actually falls off. I pray that over this church, the worship is so deep, people have to leave their demons outside to come in. And actually people get delivered as they sit in the presence of the Lord. I want to say this to you. This is the time. Jesus stood up before he started his ministry and he said, I proclaim the year of favor. He didn't read it. He was prophesying. And I want, to, I want you to just take your finger and just point. I proclaim the year of favor. The favor, the favor of the Lord. Of the Lord. In, this earth, In this earth. Through me. Through, me. through, us. through us. You don't have favor because God has it. You have favor when you start declaring it. You walk into a place, I have favor here. Don't just believe it, proclaim it. What you think is good, but what you say creates. And if you'll start speaking out what God speaks, there's an anointing that actually opens up. It makes a path where there is no path. It brings an anointing. And I felt this. Some of you tonight, through this week, Literally, I'm prophesying this to your hearts. You're going to be laying in bed and the fire of God is going to come over you and it's going to burn off some insecurity in certain areas that's going to allow you to take a step of faith you couldn't before. That there's going to be such a burning of his presence that it's going to take you into another dimension of his glory. And I thank you, Father God. And Lord, as I come around, I put my hands on this man's heart in particular. Let the fire of God come on him. Take him past failure into your glory, into your purposes in Jesus' name. And, and, and is, this your, is this your wife? Yeah, because she had her hands all over you. I just want to point that out. Okay, and, and so your name is? Mary. Mary, I just felt like this. God has given you an open door in the realm of the Spirit to start ascending in prayer. In, and I felt this. It was not just in prayer. It was in your worship. And Lord, I thank you for this a favor of Esther to be on her. I feel this is going to be such a unique time. And God said that I'm giving you the desires of your heart. I feel there's something you've prayed and God said you have it. Now, while I'm just prophesying this, and, and I, want to, I want to just say this over uh, Josh, I just felt like this. You're getting ready to go to another dimension prophetically. That God said signs and wonders are getting ready to be released through you in an unusual way. I thank you, Father God, that, Lord, that there is something that, that is getting ready to transition, even in his thinking, even in the oil that rests on him. And, and I just speak to, and I, I did this before, but I just want to do it again. I just like doing it. Just stand up a minute. And, and I just say this, just not only just a prophet in this house, but a teaching prophet 
that will travel. I feel like God says, I have series, I have books, I have things I want you to write and things I want you to do. And the Lord said, you're going to walk in what your father prayed. In the name of Jesus, I speak a release over it. And just stand up here beside. And Lord, I just thank you that, Lord, this is going to be a time of set apart. I felt like I saw literally, I felt like I saw an angel walk in front of you. And when the angel walked in front of you, it made a door open up. And when you walked through, you said, Lord, this is greater than I believe possible. There's an opportunity that's off the chart coming your way. Now, I, I want to say this to all of you. You want to get it wet, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Hey, hold that a second. <clears throat> I got to put my mantle back on. <laughs> yeah. I want you to think right now how much he loves you. Just stop and meditate. Then I want you to think about how much he loves the world that doesn't know him. And I want to say this. If you're not secure, you cannot stand in love in front of the world when they reject you. Because insecurity must always be received. Insecurity is looking for approval. Security gives love with no need for feedback. And when people say, I don't want to hear it, when somebody turns south on you, when you're talking to them about the Lord or give them a word, when by smiling and just say, I bless you. I lo he loves you. He's with you. Praying for you. Don't say, I'm praying for you. And them seven demons. You want me to name them? The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. And that's why God can have fellowship with you or anybody else. But see, if, you, if, you, if they get angry and they leave a smiling Christian out of their anger, you won and God won. But if you're responding like spirit, that's where you've lost the witness, not in their rejection of anything you've done. So, Lord, I just thank you that there's coming an anointing of boldness over your people. That, Father God, that, there's, that the harvest is great. And I thank you, Father God, that you give us creative ways to open up people's hearts to you. Now, this is what I want to say to you as I wrap up a couple minutes here. America is more spiritual than it's ever been. I didn't say more Christian. The prophetic, the gifts of God are very natural in this age because Harry Potter, New Age, people are more spiritually aware. And uh, actually, I will prophesy to some people and they say, that was a very good reading. Now, I take that as a compliment. But I say, no, actually, that wasn't a reading. That was the Lord telling me something. There, when it says in the last days, God will raise up two prophets that will prophesy. I know that's going to be true. But I'm going to tell you, I believe the last revival will have a very strong prophetic edge to it.
And you know what that simply means? Jesus talks to me. Now, some of you may say, well, I'm not a prophet. Everybody just do this as I finish up. Just go, bad. You qualify to hear the voice of God on a daily basis. I'd rather be an anointed sheep than a rusty, crusty prophet. Because the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. It's your birthright to hear your father's voice. What do they call a father who does not talk to the children? Dysfunctional, and he is not. It's your birthright to hear his voice. Actually, if I'm with any Christian for 15 minutes, I can prove to them they've heard God's voice. Baptist guy, I met him. Praise God. I'll tell you, the Lord's so good. He was just full of God. I said, what's going on at a car dealership? He said, well, you know, I was going to take this job, but I prayed about it, and God talked to me. He told me to take this one. It's just worked out so good. Now I can go to church. The other one would have taken them. I'd have made a little bit more money, but it would have taken me right out of what God had for me. You know, Baptist pastor, get up. I don't believe God talks to people today. 30 years ago, God called me into ministry. And I was going to preach this sermon I have today, but the Lord spoke to me that I need to. Okay, are you with me? Even in fundamental circles, God is speaking. Don't discount. God is about to erupt through traditional churches, the Catholic churches, the Baptists, the Methodists. I'm telling you what, there is coming a shaking to the bride of Christ. And it's coming awake, and let's get ready to be a part of it. Let's give God a great big hand clap. Hallelujah. And uh, now, yeah. And one of the things I want to say, we have so much to say. We do have a little bit of product left in the back. We have all kinds of deal. And we have a little Jehovah Visa card machine. That means you have faith to pay tomorrow what you buy today. And uh, all four books... And literally, uh, I never bring anything to the table that was not my best. I, don't, I preached over almost 35, 40 years. Are you with me? If you look back there, it looks like I preached one year. I only bring what really changed me. So I go through it. There's some I don't have. But when it's something that is really life-changing, and I, I really believe this, if the way you think determines your future, and the way especially you think about yourself and your relationship with God. And I am with this thought. You'll never see your identity until you look into his. And when you see him as he is, you'll see yourself as you are in him. He's an amazing God. Just say this. He's going to do an amazing thing through me. That's the only way he knows how to do. And I'm going to give you this. Dream big enough that he's actually interested in getting involved and if you dream and you can handle it, you have not dreamed God's size. You've dreamed, dreamed your size. Dream beyond your ability so you need a miracle. Hallelujah. And he's going to come through. Amen. Go ahead. Wonderful. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Levan. Yeah, give him a hand. It's great. You know, I know we're over time, so I appreciate your... Um, I know they've got to run out quickly. They're going to go to the back as well. You know, if everyone in our town, our city, our nation got saved today, 
people would think that's awesome. And yes, you would think correctly. But tomorrow, there would still be broken marriages. And there would still be the unemployed. And there would still be those in poverty. There would still be, even though they're all saved. And, you know, the Lord's just been speaking to me. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach. We're going to close. About Lazarus' salvations. Jesus gave three commands that day. He said, roll away the stone, which was pointing to the fact that he's the only one who can open the grave. You know, when he died, they said, who's going to roll the stone away? The second thing he said was, Lazarus, come forth. And I heard, I heard, I've heard many preachers actually say, I don't know who said it first, if he didn't use Lazarus's name, everyone would have come out, which is most likely true. But you know, but then most believers will leave it there. They're saved. You know, they've come out from dead to life. Death to life, they're saved. But you know, he gave a third command. It says that Lazarus's feet were bound, his hands and feet were bound. And he had something over his head, the Greek there's eyes. His eyes and face were completely covered. And so the command, Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. And there are entire generations of believers. They're saved, but they're bound. And they need the assistance of other people. Jesus said, you unbind him and let him go. I can provide salvation, but I want those who I partner with to set them free. And you know... The prophetic arena is just a lot more than just prophesying. So I understand when we get a prophet in, we were going to introduce him. But, you know, I said, if you want to just go, go. Because he has been with us all weekend. And so I didn't get to introduce him. But we're very grateful for them coming. And uh, they do preach all over the world and in many networks and streams and just lots of things. But what's more important for me is the heart for the Lord and the heart for God's people. And so if you have, um, you know, they're going to stick around a while. And there are a few people that God's just put in my heart just to ask him to minister over. And we've chatted, and that's fine. Uh, but please don't, you know, if you, he didn't ask this, I know what it's like. Crowd him so that he can barely move. They <laughs> Just give him a little bit of space, but obviously they're open. Please go and find them, speak to them if you want to. But, you know, it's now our responsibility to take some of the words that were given specifically to church and stuff and work it through so i bless you i thank you guys for coming i really do and it's wonderful